Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining Kevin and I. We're here to be uh, talking about Ross Perot. Are you awake today? Sorry. <laughs> more coffee. You're usually a lot more energetic. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. You need a cup of coffee from Novel uh, Coffee Roasters I, here in Flyer Mound. I guess so. So, hey, we're here at How to Be a Texan talking about a Texas legend today. This is one of our the Texas deal, legends. Who, who is this? He's got one eye almost shut like that. <laughs> Here it is. Now, Christmas season. Isn't this nice? I love those Christmas songs. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, what the hell is a Red-Nosed Reindeer? Isn't this who? A reindeer with a drinking bottle. That's not problem, him. I swear. This is an impersonation I, I of him. Oh. I all my kids till tomorrow. I, I love Ross. Oh, you're right. I yeah. That was really yeah. Good. Yeah. What, so, any, all right. So, what? today we're going to talk about a Texas legend, Ross Perot. We've Ross Perot. Me- yeah. We've mentioned him before. And, uh, and I, I will be honest, Dana Carvey did a hilarious, and he did that for years, his impersonation as a Ross Perot on Saturday Night Live. And then he did W and he did others. But Ross Perot was phenomenal. He did George H.W. He did. He did the original. That's right. And then Will Ferrell did W really well. Yeah. But Dana Carvey did Ross Perot, and he was phenomenal was at phenomenal Ross Perot. At yeah. Because he nailed it. And there's one, in one interview I saw of Ross Perot, he compares the deficit to an ant that you oh, have yeah. hidden, down, hidden down in the basement. <laughs> yeah. But he really said, Ross Perot really said that. He really said that. And this is Dana Carvey's version of that, which okay. is just hilarious. Okay. Right, talk, you want a sound bite? Is that what you want? You want a little, little sound bite, a little something to, to put in your press store there? Is that what you want? See? See? Is that what you like, huh? Now, the deficit, see, the deficit is like a crazy ant down in the basement. No one is paying attention to her. And she is just getting on rear and stink here. You catch me? <laughs> I say, take her out, slap her around, and hose her down. <laughs> That's so great. That's how he would talk to That's the press. That's exactly though. how he talked. I mean, so, he wouldn't take it quite that far. Well, but he... But he'd he, be like, he, he you want a little... You want a little quote for your story? Is that what you want? Okay, I'll give you something. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly how he, That's why people loved him. That's right. That's kind right. of a little bit of the same dynamic, you know, that Trump has, but, you know, Trump's much more on the dark side. Right. But kind of that same kind of grassroots outsider. Right. Just being so bluntly honest. <clears throat> yeah. And that's the way Ross Perot always was in his political life. Yeah. And and so Ross Perot's, what is he, 82 today? He's still alive and well. And he's yeah. In, he's in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Now, he's really kind of backed off from the public life. But he really, for us, he's really a Texas legend. I he mean, is absolutely you, a legend. Yeah, you look at his life, and he, you know, he's a he's about as as great of a patriot as we could ask for. I mean, he he privately funded hostage rescue missions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on behalf of America when we couldn't go in. We were hand tied because of diplomatic relations or whatever, and uh, he would just go. He'd send people over uh, to to get people out if they were in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did run for president. Uh, is it two or three? He times? ran twice. Twice. Okay. And the the first time, I think he got nineteen percent of the. He popular got a good vote. chunk of the vote. He yeah. Got, he got as most as much as almost anybody uh, that's done that. I think a lot of so. people think that's that's one reason why Clinton actually won. Because oh. yeah, they think Ross Perot took a lot of George H. W.'s voter base away from him. Right. And it just diluted it enough to give because Clinton did not get over fifty percent in either of his elections. I see. And so he was in the kind of mid-40s. Right. And Ross Perot had taken enough of a chunk out of George H.W. Bush that they think that's one of the reasons why Well, I don't think, you know, and and again, we're not very political, at least I'm not. But, you know, nobody can argue Clinton did a nice job as president from an economic perspective. I mean, he was was really good at that. That was a phenomenal time for technology industry. That's right. You know, it was just the economy was 
booming like crazy. And because Ross Perot had made such a big deal about the deficit. Yes. Such a huge deal about it. Yeah, the crazy ant and the seller. Yeah, but yeah. that's what actually led to, uh, they ended up actually putting a balanced budget. Right. But by the end of Clinton's administration, they had balanced. They hadn't taken care of the national debt. Obviously, that's out of control. But they had actually balanced the budget for the first time in a long, long time. Right. And that was done under under Clinton as well. Well, I tell you, yeah. it's almost like we need another Ross Perot to come in and do that again. I'll do it. I'll run again. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm still young enough. That sounds pretty good, actually. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, the national debt and the deficit. I mean, they are truly ignored. That debt now, it's like a big fat ant down in the basement. <laughs> oh, She's grown to 650 pounds. You hadn't let her out. You've been feeding her pancakes and chocolate chip cookies for 25 years. And now she's busting fat out of the windows. Oh my gosh. We got Ross Pro right here. Put that quote in your press release there. <laughs> Any other questions? <laughs> no, that's probably pretty good. That's probably pretty I good. I have never done an impression before. That was phenomenal. I just kind of got inspired by Dana Carvey Man, there. And that was, that was I've actually... I've had some good coffee from Novel Coffee Roasters. You, you were phenomenal. You want a good cup of coffee? Okay. Well, that's, prob- <laughs> that's probably enough. That's probably enough. But... <laughs> Okay, so let's go back and talk about uh, Ross Perot just a little bit. So born June 27, 1930 in Texarkana, Texas. Um, Dad was uh, Gabriel and Lulu May uh, were his mom, and uh, he served in the military. Uh, He went to the U.S. Naval Academy in 53, served in the U.S. Navy from 53 to 57. Uh, And then he – so this is – you know, Ross Perot is kind of a great entrepreneurial story, American icon. And, and so I, I just saw this, where he began working at age seven, doing odd jobs of breaking horses, delivering newspapers, selling Christmas cards, garden seeds, and magazines. Mm-hmm. I mean, so at seven, he started. And so this guy was creative, was brilliant, and was a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And then he joins the military. He loves America. He loves Texas. And then he just thrives from there. This is slightly off topic, but... Yeah. But what you just said reminded me. I saw a little bit of the story of Warren Buffett oh, last yeah. week. Yeah. Similar story. Really? Started as a child just making money, selling papers. Right. And just, you know, from just, early, early age, was just all about, you know, being self-sufficient. Right. Making money and just, you know, his he came from nothing, too. That's right. right. I don't think we hear enough about that. No, those kind of stories anymore. No, we we you know? don't at all. And and he didn't mind failing because mm-hmm. he learned from his failures and he kept going. He pushed through. Um, the, and, and I don't think Ross Perot gets enough credit for you know the impact that he had on uh, you know the technology. Oh industry. my gosh, no! You know EDS no. was. He started it. He started know, it from nothing by himself. So there's a little history on that where he he was working for IBM. And he was working with them from 57 to 62. Mm-hmm. And then he said, he just said, I, I can do better. And he went out and he started this data analytics company and data processing business. Mm-hmm. And he, he was very charismatic, as we know. And he was able to sell anything to anybody. And he was able to sell data processing to some big companies and the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. And then EDS went crazy mm-hmm. as far as the stock price. Now, it... It suffered in the middle of all that, but then rebounded, and ultimately he he uh, he sold that out and became you know a billionaire. Um, but then they started Pro Systems and all this other. Yeah, he was a billionaire early on. Yeah, <clears throat> as soon as uh, EDS IPO'd, which was 
not too long after he started it, he was a billionaire. Right. He was billionaire, you know, early on. That's right. Uh, and then he started Perot Systems. You're right. Right. That was more in the 90s, I think, when he kicked off Perot Systems. Uh, let's see. I can't. Yeah, I'll get to that. But yes, yes. Um, right. So, yeah. And then and then he really got into... Um, and he built... Sorry to interrupt, but he built EDS out, just out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, just in Plano, and which was Plano, which is now you know thriving. Right, North Dallas, Plano. North Dallas. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It was nothing back then. No, no and he built that ginormous facility. It, and it's a yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, just it's the, a work of art. The EDS or yeah. Perot Systems facility, whatever it's called now. But it's no, it's a, not Perot Systems. So Perot Systems was a completely different oh, thing. Okay. Yeah, EDS continued on okay. after he got rid of it and then it ultimately got bought by HP. HP owns it now. Oh, so you right. hear the term HPE. Yeah. Okay. HPE is is the old EDS. Interesting. Perot Systems got acquired by Dell a while back. Okay. And they have a facility in <clears throat> a different part of Plano that I've I've been to and that facility has an entire wing that is set up as a museum to Ross Perot. Oh. Okay. And it is very impressive. And you said you've been there. I've been there. Okay, yeah. And it is like when I say there's a museum in Ross Perot, people are like, what? Why would I want to go see that? But, I mean, it's really cool. And as you walk through, you just see the walls are just lined with right. awards that he's won, pictures of him with dignitaries yeah. around the globe, and you just start it starts to sink in. Wow. This dude was what? real. He's a real, legit yeah. dude. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, as I was preparing Which for this. Which is cool, because he kind of has that little cartoonish kind of... Oh, he does. You know. He's a smaller man yeah, with just... like a little uh, elf or something. But, yeah. Yeah. But no, just just bright and, uh, and again, a great patriot. One of the things that I watched on, uh, and just in prepping for this, was a 30-minute... And I watched the whole thing, because it was so interesting. It was a 30-minute infomercial. He bought, when he was running the first time against Clinton, he, he bought... Uh, network airtime and back then of course we didn't have all these channels if you you know if if you were watching tv you were watching one of you're watching over the air yeah you were watching probably four channels yeah you know yeah we had like three major networks here in dallas or pbs and who wanted to watch pbs so uh (laughs) no offense pbs but it was boring the mcnell lair news hour no i did not watch that that a lot oh my gosh no not me so anyway here's ross perot on network prime time and it was a 30-minute info, basically infomercial, where he's just sitting there at a desk, and he's got these graphs. And he's talking about Clinton's 12 years as governor of the state of Arkansas and the track record that Clinton had. Now, nobody argued, and he said this. He says Clinton is amazing at getting elected. He's terribly charismatic, and he's a phenomenal uh, politician. But as an administrator and manager of the governor, or government of Arkansas, he shredded him to pieces with a series of probably 15 graphs talking about, you know, the uh, the income level, the education level, the high school graduation rate, the uh, childbirth you know, mortality rates, you know, just common kind of just statistics of the health of a government of a state. And it showed that, you know, Arkansas was anywhere from 45th to 50th in every one of those categories and with no improvement over the 12 years of Clinton's government. And it was just really, it was educational. Um, And sure enough, again, I'm not slamming Clinton at all because he turned out to be a a very effective president. But um, it it was great. And it was just straight uh, to the gut on on what he was really great, obviously, at analytics. Um, 
But I, I thought some, you know, some of the things that that I thought were great about him were some of his quotes. And I know you've got, you know, Dana Carvey, you know, on Saturday Night Live, but some of the others um, are, you know, I don't know if, it, do you recall any of his quotes that he used to have? Um, take us through them. Okay. So, I mean, I remember they are, <laughs> they are awesome. They, they are. I, so let me just, I've just got five or six just here. Um, he's got the first he is just in plain Texas talk. It's do the right thing. So he was a he was a Texan. He was a huge proud Texan, and he liked to just speak simply and plainly and text talk, do the right thing. And then he was talking about the government. He was saying, if you see a snake, just kill it. Don't appoint a committee on snakes. And I thought that was pretty good. He said that one over and over and over because he thought that every problem in the government it would be well, let's just appoint a committee and not do anything. And so it was just he was a king of inactivity uh, of a, you know just pointing that out. The other one he, he said is failures are like skin knees, painful but superficial. And so in my mind, that's a great life lesson. Failures are like skin knees. So you're going to have failures. The only way you really move forward is that you are going to fail. Uh, they, they are painful, but they're superficial. And long term, you're going to grow and learn from that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I frankly, I, I love that. And then another one is just a, a good life lesson is life is like a cobweb, not an organizational chart. And so, you know, even, you know, me working out there for 30 years, uh, I've noticed that, that life in the business world is is a series of relationships that you harness. And it's not just the org chart of who's in charge. It's really how you get things done is through all these intricacies of relationships on how you push things forward, whether that's personally or in business world. Mm -hmm. Well, he, he had a good sense of humor, too. He did. I mean, that Dana Carvey quote about the deficit like an ant in the basement yeah i mean that is based on a a real quote right and i found it here he says well this problem has been like a crazy ant we keep in the basement during the campaign everybody knew she was there all the neighbors knew she was there but never talked about it and now we're saying let's do something she's going to get out and kill a neighbor right (laughs) (laughs) right that's right well and 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 just i I think that he's got a. We, we should give him a lot of credit for raising the the major issues of the deficit and some of the and national security and job creation and all that. I mean, he. I think he was on the right path. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, um, and then he, uh, you know, he talks about. Uh, I don't know some of the other quotes. I don't. I don't want to bore you with quotes, but uh, you know, I'm not a living legend. I'm just a myth. I don't know what he meant by that, but uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, inventories can be managed, but people must be led. Uh, you know, if you're a fifth grade math teacher and you can't knock the top off of a fifth grade math test, you're in trouble as a fifth grade math teacher. I mean, he just spoke, you know, kind of the obvious. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and he and education was a big thing too because he thought our teachers weren't competent, and uh, how can incompetent teachers teach children to be, uh, you know, well educated? Do you remember his famous quote about the NAFTA deal that was going on at the time? I don't. He was a big. Uh, he he was against it. He was anti-NAFTA. Yes. He said, and you'll remember when I tell you. He said it's going to create a giant sucking sound. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We have got to stop sending jobs overseas. To those of you in the audience who are business people, pretty simple. If you're paying twelve, thirteen dollars, fourteen dollars an hour for factory workers. And you can move your factory south of the border, 
pay a dollar an hour for labor, hire a young 25... Let's assume you've been in business for a long time. You've got a mature workforce. Pay a dollar an hour for your labor. Have no health care. That's the most expensive single element, making a car. Have no environmental controls, no pollution controls, and no retirement. And you don't care about anything but making money. There will be a giant sucking sound going south. So we, if, if the people send me to Washington, the first thing I'll do is study that 2,000-page agreement and make sure it's a two-way street. That got a lot, of, a lot of coverage. Yeah. The thing I liked about him is he would talk about, like in the presidential debates, he would just shred the government officials on their lack of leadership. He would. He'd be like, you know, leadership is, you know, we're going to make mistakes. You take ownership of the mistakes, and then you go fix it. Right. These guys don't take ownership of anything. No, you know? that's And right. he would just hammer that. Right. Over and over in these debates. And yeah. you'll see the, you know, Clinton and H.W. Bush just kind of sitting there like, what, what is, what is <laughs> happening? You know, this guy's like destroying us. That's right. How do we deal with that? Do you, you remember, know? you remember what his bane was? Why? And, and this was a Saturday Night Live thing. And it was, uh, do you remember his vice presidential candidate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the old. Which is another unfortunate thing because that guy is a decorated war hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, General Stockton, and yeah. he actually has a battleship named after him. Yeah, but he looked like Frankenstein, and he act <laughs> he just grunted, and he, you know, the the characterization of him it on Saturday just, Night Live was so bad. Yeah, it was just quirky. Yeah, you know, because he got up on the debate and his opening statement, which he was trying to be funny. Yeah, and it was funny at the time, but the press just destroyed him. He was like, you know, who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like w- what I'm asking myself, you know, kind of make, you know, why am I a presidential, right. vice presidential candidate? It makes sense. It came but across But they all just wrong. destroyed him yeah, in the like, press. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. No. But I think also, I think if Ross Perot had have been with a major political party, yeah. he would have won. He probably would. I think, not to compare, because I don't, I don't put, Trump and Ross Perot in the same category by any stretch of the imagination. I think right. Perot's a good human being. Yeah. Um, but I may have to edit that out later. But, <laughs> but I, I think Trump learned from that. Sure. I think that's why Trump probably had instincts to run independently. Right. But he knew that by becoming part of the Republican Party, he would probably have a better shot at winning. That's just my theory. Right. Well, you know, you go back to, uh, I, I, I agree. I, I think he was a good man, and was he a great politician? I have no idea. But um, I liked his just straightforward uh, style, and, and I, you know, I wished I, I could do that. There, there was something, uh, I, I'm just going back and looking at his, his bio, but in 1974, he was awarded the Medal for Distinguished Public Service by the Defense Department for his efforts on behalf of uh, POWs. And uh, he was a huge advocate for uh, the Vietnam POWs. So he would he was trying to get them out as well. As and that's really what set him on, you know. And then later on, the Iranian prisoners, where he failed the first time, and this was when he was at EDS, where two EDS employees, uh, he was trying to get them out of an Iranian prison, and they failed, and they ended up going back and releasing. Uh, a ton, really, all the prisoners in that. Not only the EDS uh, pres- employees, but they on the second attempt, they basically al- allowed the entire. And these were all international refugees that they ended up letting out, which was pretty amazing. Hmm. And he funded that whole thing just privately. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's just all these stories of, uh, and then and then he truly kind of 
blossomed into the political realm. So This is a good quote. When building a team, I always search first for people who love to win. If I can't find any of those, I look for the people who hate to lose. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The activist is not the man who says the river is dirty. The activist is the man who cleans up the river. That's right. And then I, I love this just as far as sales. I haven't sold anybody over lunch in my whole life. There's nothing worse than driving home a point when a guy's fiddling with his salad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I hate lunch. Oh, my gosh. Sales meetings yeah. over lunch. Make, yeah, they just make me want to vomit. Here's so. a good one. If we really want to know who's responsible for this mess we're in, all we have to do is look in the mirror. You and I own this country, and we're responsible for what happens to it. Yeah. Amen. You know, so just kind of good, solid leadership principles. Yeah, just punch you in the mouth and just be honest with you. Here's one I was kind of referring to earlier. In business, people are held accountable. In Washington, nobody is held accountable. In yeah. business, people are judged on results. In Washington, people are measured by their ability to get reelected. That's right. That's right. That's what drives me crazy. Again, I'm not a real political guy at all, but mm-hmm. it seems like as soon as you get elected, you just turn right around and you're worried about the next election versus actually executing on what you just said you'd do. Right. You know, that's what drives yeah, me crazy. It's crazy. And you're just thinking two years, four years in advance, well, oh, well, how can I reposition myself so that I look good to get reelected? Yeah, just such a waste. And he was not about that at all. He's like, don't, don't appoint a committee on a snake. Kill the snake. Just kill the snake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know? I like that. It just makes sense. So... Very good. Well, this is a good one. This yeah. is truly a Texas legend, yeah. no doubt. I, I, yeah, I've had a tremendous amount of admiration for the guy, even though he's quirky and, and funny, Dana Carvey doing him on SNL. Mm-hmm. But I still I have a tremendous amount of admiration for the man. All right. Well, hey, thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been a, a pretty quick one, but uh, definitely want to pay homage to a Texas legend, Ross Perot. So, all right, Kevin, Andrew, thank you for your time, and uh, you all have a great week. All right. Well, find us on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, looks up write a review write it leave a review leave it (laughs) (laughs) just holler it (laughs) just put something out there will you come on people can't you write one simple review it'd take you 30 seconds (laughs) so good we'll have to resurrect that one I like that Kyle what are you going to do to increase the viewership of this podcast you've been slacking off for the past six months if you want to know what's wrong with this, look in the mirror. It's I, you. Yeah, I agree. Mr. Peru. <laughs> All right. Good, All right. Uh, good, clean fun, as Kyle Kirkpatrick would say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Y'all have a great week. Take Adios. Care. Bye.